Nothing. Okay. Nothing. Nothing. Don't worry. Hey, 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 listen to me. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. Don't worry your little head. Keep moving. Keep it light. Keep it fresh. Hello, world, and welcome to Development Heaven, the Ready Player One of podcasts. I am your lost, long lost twin brother, Vincent Marnelli. And I am your, I've always been there, though you wish it was otherwise, twin brother, Glenn Cagle. Uh, it's a design podcast where the two of us talk about development hell and all the changes your favorite piece of media go through. Uh, this week, it's family-themed, Glenn. That's right, Vincent. Uh, we're talking about family, but first we need to decide who goes first, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no pre-episode faff this time. Nope. Why? Why would we even... Actually, you know what? I said that, but now here's one thing I want to say, Vincent. Okay. Let's just get this out of the way. This is episode nine. Mm-hmm. This is our last one-digit podcast episode. So, um, salute, sayonara. Wow. Um, I wasn't sad. At we'll the we'll never be. We'll recording. never be in single digits again. <laughs> well, no, you're right. Damn. Well, until we start another series, maybe if we start if we restart numbering like season two or something like that, maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. But, you know, if we do it based on cable TV, this would be like 109, and then next season will be 201. Is that how they do that? <laughs> yeah. So Weird. it doesn't exactly. Glenn, it's the end of an era. It is. So you're right. Salute all you Salute. gamers out there. I'll, I'll add taps and post. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. Uh, all right. It's all about family this week, so mm-hmm. I thought I would settle disputes the same way we settle all disputes with our family. And that's mm-hmm. by flipping a coin, right? Have you ever yeah. actually flipped a coin to like decide something? Uh, no, we're a rock paper scissors family. Rock paper scissors. Well, we could do that too. No, that's problematic considering we're not in the same room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be tough. Um, unless we. Hey, oh wait, wait, wait. I, I've been watching what. Unless we do like a like an auditory rock paper scissors. Okay, elaborate on that. Well, you know, we've done in the past where we both say things at the same time, and that always lines up perfectly. Yeah, somehow that's like really perfect how it lines up exactly every single time. <laughs> I can't explain it because there's definitely latency over our internet connection. Yeah, it's just it's magic or something. So we could try that again. <laughs> okay. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, let's do it. All right, all right, let's try. Do we shoot on go or shoot on three? Uh, shoot on three. Okay, ready? Wait. Wait, no, you say rock, paper, scissors, shoot, and you shoot on shoot. Yes, shoot on shoot, shoot on shoot. Shoot okay. on shoot, shoot on shoot. Shoot okay. on shoot, here we go. It's been a while since I've played rock, paper, scissors, i got to be honest with you. Yeah, it's, we'll be fine. Ready? Ready. Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, scissors. shoot. Wait. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, so shoot on shoot. We don't say shoot, we just shoot. And we say what we're, th- we're doing. And we say what we shoot. Okay, okay, uh, this time I got it. Ready? I'm ready. All right. Rock, paper, scissors, rock. Paper. Ah, that's it. Looks like I'm going first. All right, I concede. All right. May the best uh, rock. You cheated. I cheated? Yeah, you cheated. I won't I won't accept this. <laughs> that is also present in what I'm going to talk about today, which is the Over the Hedge comic strip and Over the Hedge the movie. <laughs> no way. Yeah, dude. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, dude. 
What are awesome. you talking about? Okay. Um, we're, uh, yeah, we're doing family, and I thought, you know, mm-hmm. nothing screams family better than my favorite furry uh, film. Favorite furry film over the head. You didn't have to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Vincent, I've been scarred for We're all life. thinking it, but, you know, I, Vincent, nobody said it. Well, that's not true. I actually <laughs> went to, um, in my research for this, one of oh, the no. resources that frequently came up on the Google search was the Furpedia or Wikifur or something like that. Okay. It had an entire article on um, uh, Over the Hedge. And the only difference that I could like, the only like big difference between it and the Wikipedia article that I could mm-hmm. suss out is the fact that um, the animal characters were listed above the human characters on the <laughs> Furpedia. Great. You know, I'm already learning something new. I had no idea there was a Furrypedia. It doesn't surprise me. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it is. So yeah, we've great. got. <laughs> so I read the um, the the over the hedge comic strip a lot. For real? Okay, I, I didn't know that it was yeah. a real thing. I d- I didn't know that it existed until until doing research for this. I was a child, and my assumption was that the movie was first. <laughs> And that the comic strip was based off of those great DreamWorks characters. Well, because the the comic strip is still going, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. No, the comic strip's been around since 1995, so mm-hmm. uh, pretty pretty uh, longevity, I guess. Uh, you can read it all online for free um, on their on the website of their syndicate that publishes nice. it. Anyway, I do, you know, my heart goes out to, to comic strip artists, you know, cause it's a, it's kind of a tough gig. Yeah. Yeah. For real. I don't know. Um, what is you read any comic strips going up? Like, like, my, uh, like I comic own... comics or, I mean, I know you, you, I know you're big into like Marvel and stuff like that, but I'm, well, if we're talking about like the funny, the funny papers I owned, like I have the entire Calvin and Hobbes nice like back catalog because that's i love that that's my favorite that's yeah that was always my favorite too i had like i I had one of their books Mm. um yeah that's a good yeah love that shit um i didn't i didn't own any physical comics growing up really i only got into that in like high school because i decided that you were gonna i didn't want any girls to ever interact with me oh i see The creators of the original comic strip over the hedge were uh, Michael Fry and T. Lewis. Okay. Um, and one of the great things about the movie, the thing that makes the movie so great, is that they were uh, used as consultants during the movie. Hmm. So makes sense. You know, last last episode we talked about Dune and how, you know, if you try to get an author to write a screenplay, that's not always the best move because it's a different skill set. So mm-hmm. they didn't make that mistake and they didn't make the mistake of leaving them out entirely. So, yeah, they were just sort of like creative consultant, I think, was the uh, the official term. Um, anyway, uh, the original idea that they had, my, uh, Fry and Lewis, when they were going to, um, back in 1995 when they were going to start this comic strip, was right. um, two pigs on a farm <laughs> commenting on the human's lifestyle. Like and, Animal Farm. Um, yeah, but not like, but it was more like con- about consumerist culture, not about like communism or whatever. Okay. Uh, I know that's a fine line to walk, Vincent. A but... little bit. <laughs> kind of just, yeah. Listen, um, I know, listen, I know, Glenn, listen, you know I know farms? books. Yeah, you know I books. know. Don't even. 
We have a bona, bona fide intellectual over here, <laughs> in, in case you didn't realize. Listen, I know you called me the Kirk earlier, right? But but you're more of the Spock. I, yeah, I definitely, I know, no, Khan knows books, right? Khan knows books. Yeah. Like the Grapes of Wrath. I don't want to be Khan. Of Khan. How about this? How about this? How about this? You can be the RJ and I can be the Yurtle the Turtle. Uh, I would love to be RJ. Thank you. You're welcome. What? Uh, when did the movie come out? 2006. Okay. Yeah, that seems right. Yeah. Anyway, they started it when they started out. It was supposed to be uh, two pigs on a farm observing humans, and it was this whole kind of like satirical, you know, commentary on uh, consumerism, right. which is also present in the movie. However, uh, when they pitched this idea to their uh, publishing syndicate for the comic, they said uh, they were told, uh, "quote Nobody likes pigs." <laughs> so they, they just wow shut that right down it's, i mean, toss that one right in the bloody bin mite and uh i don't know if they're right i like pigs i like pigs my sister's lock screen is a pig in rain boots hmm yeah i think they were off base another example of producers you know being completely out of touch with reality everybody loves pigs Everybody They're loves fools. pigs. They yeah. they were dead wrong, and you know how we know? Because mm-hmm. Babe came out in 1995, like a month after they made that pitch. <laughs> Great. And it was stellar. People really loved it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it was too late to go back. Now they changed. They had already changed the pigs to these three cute little forest animals. That would be R.J. the raccoon, and Vern the turtle, and eventually they added Hammy the squirrel. The other characters that are present in the movie were invented for the movie specifically. They were they are really? not in the comic okay. strip. Yeah, not not interesting. But you said you read the comic strip. I well, I was a child, um, and you know i I didn't notice continuity. I was just uh, assumed they would they all were. be there. You just never saw. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. No, it's just those three characters. And then I think isn't the, William Shatner. A possum in the movie, correct? Yes. Nice. He's More like a, Star Trek. Like a sharp sh- sh- Shakespearean, Shakespearean actor, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I've, like all that. the all the resources that I looked at were like the Shakespearean possum, played by <laughs> William Shatner. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh. Anyway. Uh, where were we? What were we talking about? They changed it to three forest animals instead. Right. Um, oh, oh, the... yeah. And there's like two other. The the two humans are heavily featured as like characters. They're not like, uh, like in the movie, all the humans are like evil. Like that's like the kind mm-hmm. of the, the plot. But in the book, right. er, in the in the book, the, in the comic strip, the uh, the two humans that live on the end of the block closest to the woods are like. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think they come to like befriend the um, the animals. Yeah, that's uh, kind of interesting because when you were talking about the uh, the whole furry. Wikipedia thing, how it, Furrypedia. It, like on regular Wikipedia, the humans are listed first. That's they're not kind of no. strange. No, no, they're listed. They, they're list. They're all just listed as characters. Uh, but in the in the Furrypedia, right. it, it had them stratified as animals and then human characters. <laughs> right. That was my point. The lesser. Okay. I'm on board. Yeah. I'm on the same page. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So, um, this guy named Jim Cox. Uh, I need to stop saying that because last time I said this guy, it was this guy named Jeffrey Katzenberg. And you were like, Jeffrey Katzenberg? Yeah. You mean the Jeffrey Katzenberg? And I was like, I guess. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this, right. this guy named uh, Michael Eisner. And you're like, you mean the Michael Eisner? You I was like, yeah, I guess. Michael Eisner? I guess, yes, yeah. I guess the Michael Eisner. I just didn't know that he was the CEO <laughs> of Disney. 
So now you got well, me paranoid. He, I'm like, every time I see a name, I'm clicking it and then reading his wiki page just to make sure right. I don't know him from anything. I've, I don't include a lot of names in mine anymore because it's always, it's so many committees and it's like, this uh, person was attached at this point, but then like one year later, it's a completely oh, different yeah. person. It's like, it's not even, there's no point. Well, I believe in big man history where you uh, cite one guy as being responsible for any <laughs> historical event. So yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Jim Cox saw the comic and he was just all over it. So he contacted mm-hmm. Fry and Lewis. They, they, I don't know if you know this, but like on comic strips, like in a, like published in newspapers and stuff like that, they'll leave like their email address wedged in between the the little um, the panels, like that little yeah, white gap yeah. between there. I yeah, they'll sort of remember that. Like their names, phone numbers, and email addresses in between those. So that's what mm-hmm. he did. He he emailed them via that address, and they all got together in their um their Warriors Three and pitched the idea to just all the studios, just like mm-hmm. just real shotgun approach. Right. And Fox, Henson, and DreamWorks were like, they 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 got back with them and said and and started this bidding war. And so you know, not not every day that a uh, comic strip gets turned into or get, gets actually bid on by movies some, usually it takes some sort of like um uh persuasion like you know like wait, hey, like you have to persuade the studio to to take your movie but right, um, okay but in this instance it was one of those where you actually had three different studios all bidding on it and that's the dream the dream yeah like as in dream works yeah <laughs> Man, I set him up, you knock him down, huh? I try, at least. Um, in this case, in this case, the dream was for DreamWorks to pick it up, but uh, right. but uh, alas, DreamWorks was but a small boutique of a institution at that time, and uh, Fox was the the monolith that it is. Was able to easily just outbid the other two, um, okay, and and get its grubby little hands on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they never did anything with it. It just sat on their shelf for like, uh, th- I mean, this is 1995. This is like literally the year that the comic strip was released or okay, started. Okay, gotcha. So it yeah. sat on their on their on their shelf for what like six years. So 2001, uh, the the rights expire. Right. Okay. And Fox says, uh, you know what? Um, I don't They're know. Too I, busy making Family Guy, I, or maybe The Simpsons at the know. time. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, Fox is like Simpsons. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's. And Simpsons is incredibly popular, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Dream, DreamWorks executive Tim Johnson just snapped that one right up, uh, right <laughs> off, right off the the ground. I don't know. He snuck in at night and stole it from him. Well, it wasn't stealing because it wasn't theirs anymore. But right, maybe may, he may be charged with breaking and entering. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, and and as the uh, the article that I was reading said, they. Got work, got to work right away on it. Uh, you know, they, he got no back. faff, no faff, no faff. Uh, I wonder what that's like. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so when they when they first got the rights and they started working on it, they started writing that script. They were like, they were just assumed that it was going to be like Babe for some reason. I mean, this is two thousand one, okay. so it's six years since yeah. Babe came out. I don't know why they were stuck on that, but they were like, yeah, it's just going to be like it's going to be live action like Babe, and we're going to have you know animals and yeah, I can't see that being good. Yeah, I, I guess they would have used CGI in the nineties. I don't know uh, to make the animal mouths move, um, but uh, they started throwing around some ideas because you know I guess I they had some doubts. Right. And eventually, I mean, one of the main characters is a turtle, right? Like that wouldn't. Look that would have been really hard. A, yeah. Yeah. 
if it was a real turtle. And like the, the would... sizes, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. They didn't have the the bear at the time. That was not right. part of it. So isn't that... the bear's name Vince? It is. It's Vincent. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a fun little, fun little gotcha connection there for you. This whole episode is, it, you know, it's about family. It's about connections. It's about references. and that's what's so important about it. Yeah, that's it's about just... Star Trek. Star Trek is like a family. Let's move on. Um, they uh, <laughs> toyed around with some other ideas like CGI animals, like like right. the, like the Garfield movie. <laughs> yeah, like the Garfield movie. That would have been interesting, to say the least. It would have been better than the Babe one. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's a step up for sure. Yeah. Um, and then they were real tight with Ardman at the time. Like DreamWorks and Ardman had oh, just done like Chicken okay. Run or something like that. Right. Or, or about Chicken to. Run. Yeah. So they actually had, you know, they, they at one point thought they might do Claymation, but mm-hmm. I think Ardman was busy with something else um, or, or just didn't want to do Over the Hedge. So they eventually decided they would just make it all like a 2D cartoon, like the like the comic. Right. Um, and then I Wait, guess two D cartoon. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know how far they got with that before they were like, but they just scrapped that and switched it to three D CGI. Weird. Yeah, I don't know, but like apparently they had they had like set on two D like that's that was like the thing to do because it was a comic. I mean, it makes sense. It's the natural, the natural uh, connection to make. I don't know. Let me see if I can find any like art. I yeah, I don't know how far they got with it. Because I think at this point they were still just writing the script. I don't think they were doing it. Right. Okay. But surely, like, art would Con- have been concept made. Concept art, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, they had the comic material. Right. Yeah, uh, I'm not really seeing anything. Okay. So I guess they switched to 3D CGI pretty quick. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. it, was, it was 2001. We talked about before, like, the death of the Disney Renaissance and the rise of 3D CGI with like Toy Story and, and Shrek, uh, Shrek, Ants, and Shrek Two, Bugs Life. Shrek yeah. Two was about to come out. It okay, two thousand one. Cool. Um, to, actually, no, Shrek had just come out. So that's that's the era we're in. Uh, 3D animation looks good. There's a post Shrek world. A post Shrek world. Yeah. So everyone's everyone's on that high of 3D mm-hmm. animation. Um. So yeah, with they, just awful licensed music. Are you don't deny me that it was a trend what ben folds no but like 3d animated movies with awful uh, uh licensed music that was just the music that people would listen to in the early 2000s <laughs> that was a dark yeah. age of music yeah and i think i think ben folds was a light in the darkness so <laughs> i don't want to hear it from you vincent <laughs> <laughs> okay all right that's i won't i won't speak to Ben folds anymore. I, I promise. You said you liked him. I do. I mean, I like this. I like the over the hedge soundtrack. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, but in the same way that I do like the Shrek soundtrack, and it's, it's like not it's like when we went would... to Wendy's and you were like, I like Wendy's, but it's not good food. You're like, I like I like <laughs> Ben folds, but it's not good music. Is that your? Okay. Sure. Is that your? I don't. I, I don't want to. I don't want to. That... I, no, because I don't want to like put objectivity into music review. I don't. I don't want to. I'm not throwing my hat in that. In that. So you're saying there is objectivity in food review. Uh, yes. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Tweet at me, but leave me out of any music discussion, please. <laughs> Let's stick to the facts, Vincent. Okay. Uh, facts. Wendy's kind of sucks. 
Um, uh, another fact, Bruce Willis was RJ. Well, he was RJ. He mm-hmm. was also in um, a, a lot of other movies that I just really like. Another fact, um, originally the movie would have been a lot more like the comic. So I, this comic is, it follows like the the gag of the day format, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, a four panel, three panel strip that just, you know, ends with a pun or a yabba dabba yeah. or something like that or a zooey mama. Um, sure. And that's what it was. Uh, that's what they were thinking about making in this movie too. Sort of like a day in the life set piece or day in life set pieces that they kind of string together. Huh. Uh, and can you, I can't think of any movies that have done that. Yeah, Cause it sucks. Yeah. That's not a good it's idea. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> I, so I, yeah, they decided to, uh, to not do that. <laughs> as soon as as soon as actual film film writers uh, got their hands on it, they were like, "How about instead of that, we do an origin story?" Because right. in yeah. the very first episode of um, Over the Hedge comic, there uh, RJ and Vern are just already friends. Like they just hmm. live in the forest together. They're already friends. Um, so the uh, writers were the writers of the film were like let's let's write the story about how rj and Vern meet and uh where did and in the subdivision and you know they're taking it all the way back to the start of the subdivision that they that is such an integral part of the comic strip right um so yeah they they adopted it they adapted it to this long form film format mm-hmm. um and uh, but they, they still kept Lewis and Fry, their original writers, on as uh, creative consultants. And uh, that was mostly just to keep the tone of the thing. Um, like, keep it... It makes sense. Yeah, That's yeah. how I would do it, too. Mm-hmm. They did... They changed the characters pretty drastically. In fact, um, yeah. uh, RJ in the original comic was was somewhat unintelligent. Uh, and he's often depicted without a brain, like, opening up his skull cavity. And, like, he, like, keeps <laughs> his, like, breath mints in there. Uh-huh. Um Whereas in the movie, I feel like RJ is cunning and, you know, how you imagine a raccoon to be. Sure. Um, whereas, and also in the comic, Vern is more... Creepy. creepy. That's how I imagine raccoons. Creepy? That's... I mean, they do have the bandit mask, the little domino mask. No, but it's more like they're nasty little hands. They do have hands. Why do they have hands? <laughs> Only humans are allowed to have those. Yeah, it's it's messed up. Yeah. God was like... Apes, you get hands. Raccoons, you can have them too, but make sure to. There's eat a trash. word for that. What is it? Like divergent evolution or something, uh, where yeah. two separate branches still end up with the same. It's just why raccoons, though. Give it to anybody else. Give a dog <laughs> hands. I don't any care. Snakes, I don't care. Yeah. If, if, what if a snake had just a hand on the end of its tail? That would. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what if we Dude. created? That's awful. What if I created you? I don't want to like, put this bird. It could like swing shoulders. from vines using its own momentum. Bruh. It that could, would be cool. Well, I think we're missing the, the true terror here, and that's that the snake could wield weapons. It, it could hold a gun. It could hold a gun. Um, it could choke you out in two different ways in now. In two different ways. It could hold a. It could choke you out and punch you in the face at the same time. Mm. That's no good. It's like a face hugger. <laughs> Except without Great. the never mind, that's stupid. Um Y'all ever heard of face huggers? That's the my ready player one of podcasts. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> well face huggers were like 
the whole idea was like to combine spiders and snakes into one creature. Ew, is that true? Yeah. The, so Gross. that's why it like it like wraps its snake tail around your neck and then mm-hmm. wraps its spider legs around your face. Hmm. Yeah, not a fan. Grody. It's a good thing those things aren't real, right, Glenn? Right. It's a good thing snakes don't have hands. It's just <laughs> raccoons. Wait, now we're back where we started. Oof. Uh wow, that was a good good cul-de-sac there. Um <laughs> Speaking of cul-de-sacs, suburbs. Yep. Ooh, that was clean. Tight. Keep it fresh. Yeah. Uh pop my collar. Uh <laughs> Well, I had to say it out loud because I did the hand motion and I was like, wait, you can't see that. <laughs> yep. Here, don't, I'm popping my collar now too. Let me okay. see if I can make a sound. Wait. Okay. Yeah? Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. Nice. Um, just like RJ. Uh, the <laughs> turtle, Vern, um, was the smart one in both the film and the comic strip. However, in the comic strip, he was more of like a renaissance man. In mm-hmm. that he wasn't just nerdy about like like book smarts, but he was also like into like um I don't know, like art and music and things like that. An intellectual. Um, he was a yeah, he was an intellectual. He's sort of a stick in the mud in the movie, isn't he? Right, yeah. And that right. just that wasn't the way it was. He was a yeah. he was a computer nerd in the in the book, uh which doesn't show or, or in the comic, which doesn't show up in the movie because you know, they never have a computer sure in the in the yeah. in the comic they're shown like watching tv and playing on their playing games on their computer like all the time <laughs> cool. like they just steal stuff from the uh the subdivision um but yeah he's not even the leader of the group in the mm-hmm. in the comic i mean there's not much of a group it's just him hanny and rj so they're just more of a loose conglomerate but right. um a squad a squad a team a um, tribe no, a little bit smaller than a tribe. I'd say they're a tribe. You're right. So movie. I would say in the movie, it's a tribe. It's a tribe, yeah. Um, a community. A even. fire team. <laughs> Synonyms.com for more words for team. Let's don't. So okay. they, um, <laughs> this, is a, this is a bad bit. Um, in, the, uh, in the comic I couldn't trip, remember what a thesaurus was called. You need a thesaurus to look up the I movie. need a thesaurus. So I said synonym.com. Bro. I wonder if that's a thing. Probably, right? I mean, it's got to be. Okay. I'm not going to check. We'll leave that for you, the listener. If it if it does if it doesn't exist, we should we should Make buy it. the rights and buy it, yeah. link it back to our Twitter or something. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah. In the I don't know. So in the in the movie when they decided that they would make him more the stick in the mud worrywart type character, it was mm-hmm. important that they or like a lot a trap that a lot of times film writers fall into is that their uh their leader character turns into this sort of uh i don't know what they said uh, called a one note whiner in one in <laughs> quote okay basically like all he ever says is uh maybe we shouldn't do that and um uh, <laughs> lewis and fry kind of uh, the the creators of the comic strip kind of like helped to make sure that that didn't happen that he still right. retained like a, a personality and was somewhat funny Mm-hmm. You know, with the reptile, like that's a bad impression. But you know what I'm talking about. Like, like was that your was that your um, Bruce Willis impression? What? No, that was. Did, the, does Vern say it? Vern, in the movie? Vern like says it through gritted teeth at one point when, huh. when somebody calls him an amphibian and he's like, right, reptile. okay, damn, dude. Yeah, that's probably not a deep cut. I just don't remember. It's, it's not <laughs> a deep cut. You just haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, there's that. And then he, like, takes off his shell. 
classic game. That always weirded me out. Did it weird I mean, you out? I mean, like, DreamWorks, weird. yeah, they, they, they can't help themselves with, like, you know, butt jokes or whatever, but is that, is seeing that... a turtle naked is is so cursed. <laughs> I think that's what made it funny. Yeah. This is 2001. This is when cursed memes were not, not even thought of yet. Vincent. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew how bad it was going to get. So here's an interesting thing, the um, or fun fact. Uh, I sh- I should use I should call it by yep. its name. It's a fact that is fun. The Love artist, it, gotta have it. the um, that did like the uh, the the environment uh, animation or environment modeling, I guess, because it's not okay. moving, um, <laughs> as opposed to the character modeling. They would crawl around in their yards and forests with cameras, so they they could get huh. a feel for how the environment should look from the perspective of a foot high character. I actually really like that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's good. Um, I also heard in like I think it was like the behind the scenes thing that's always on those DVDs uh, <laughs> that they um, the character modelers uh, actually like went to I don't know they had like a petting zoo or whatever bring in like all the different species that they were gonna have and I guess it was a petting zoo I guess it was like a wildlife sanctuary or something. You know they always say that for like animated movies mm-hmm. and stuff but man those those animals don't look anything like yeah i don't know <laughs> like real animals yeah they, I, they put that in the, but... in the dvd probably just to like right you know don't worry animals were involved yeah oh you like animals here's some animals <laughs> here's ben stiller holding a wait ben stiller wasn't in it i was thinking of um steve, steve carell yeah. here's steve Hold, carell holding, holding a, a squirrel squirrel or whatever yeah Here's uh yeah, okay, um so you, you know how the do you remember how the movie ended? Um, isn't I remember Hammy doing a stop like the, stop time the, the scene world, like the yeah. Quicksilver one. Um yeah that so yeah there Hammy did like stop time when he drank caffeine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was uh I'm more talking about the scene where there was the dog, um that. I, I don't know what this dog is supposed to represent, but it does it only can only say a few words. Um and it like chases them around for a little bit and you know they they wreck the neighbor's lawn and then the verminator shows up and uh you know tries to trap and kill the animals. Why he doesn't kill them there, like I don't know. Right. But like apparently his scheme I mean, Gladys specifically asks him to kill them as inhumanely as possible. So I guess he's like <laughs> capturing them so he can take them and torture them. Right. What a fantastic villain. Yeah. She just loves torturing animals. Yeah. Well, she loves the idea of torturing animals, but she doesn't have time to do it herself. Right. She won't get her hands dirty. Yeah. She's true, true lawful evil character. <laughs> so the, in the original thing, remember how I told you they didn't originally have the bear? Right. Well, yeah. they, what they were planning on doing was having the dog swallow Vern whole. Uh, hmm. And RJ was going to have to come up and perform the Heimlich on him. The dog. Yeah. And get the turtle out of the dog's throat. I don't need to speak to why that's a problem, right? Yeah, no. Everybody, I mean, everybody, everybody thinks is thinking exactly what I'm thinking. I don't even need to say it's it's too low. It's like low hanging fruit. I don't need to, right? We're all on the okay. Let's let's move on then, right? So the dog sexually <laughs> swallows Vern. Yeah, and then he spits him out. And he spits him out, and it's and it's the day is saved, and they decide to let Archie join the family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somehow I think that would have been a lot more disappointing than the... Yeah, it doesn't feel quite as earned, huh? Yeah, I or, mean... Or cinematically uh, 
interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Like the 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 whole like mob tie-in thing with the the bear, I think is a lot funnier. Right. Yeah. So instead, they had like the verminator and the bear. Like they put they pitched them against each other, and it <laughs> and it did a thing. Um, yeah. So yeah, there you go. Um, I think one of the things that makes this movie so great and so much fun, um is that there is only this is this a movie like full of pop culture or sorry full of uh, consumerism like it's a movie (laughs) all about consumerism and they managed to keep it down to only one instance of product placement and one instance of pop culture references wait so what's the product placement because i it was all like made up chip brands and stuff yeah yeah yeah. um there's the thx logo is uh when they're in the house on the tv uh they yes they had to pay for that uh from lucas lucas arts or whatever um, and, uh, and I think that one's appropriate because it's more of a, just a, Hey, remember, well, I guess that one's more of a reference. Cause remember, it's like, Hey, you remember THX? Remember how loud they are? <laughs> yeah, I do. And that, it's that's true. Yeah. And that's the bit mm-hmm. that they play in the movie. Cause like the porcupine loses its quills or something. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Basically. Sort of. Why, I think do, I why know, is I... that like the speakers are so loud that your quills shoot out of your back? I don't know. I mean, it's is that what porcupines do yes but Do not they? from noise yeah they shoot the well i, mean, I, I guess i guess like out, surprise um it's that's their the defense mechanism it's a defense mechanism i'm not a i don't think they shoot them biologist. out i think they just release like if a per if it gets stuck in an animal then they that's probably close go. to the truth i doubt it's like a projectile because if it was i would know about it and i would think it's rad are there there aren't that many projectiles in nature right other than like spitting, no. Yeah, I mean monkeys are like the only thing that throw things, right? <laughs> Great. Raccoons could throw things. I feel but like they a raccoon don't. has thrown a thing before. <laughs> I think they choose not to, as a as just a as a, a group character. of individuals. As, as yeah, a, as a character, you know, it's yeah. Okay. But they could. If snakes had and hands, they could throw. Th- that's another thing snakes with hands could do. Ugh. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, playing catch with your pet snake? Do you think they would be good at it? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Cause, so, like, yeah, then now I can't on, imagine it. They have to catch it on the back. Like, that's yeah. the thing is, like, if it, like, our arms are in front of us, but their, their mm-hmm. hands would be behind them. Yeah. But they could try. You know, and it, it would be a, a real bonding moment. What were we talking We were talking about, like... Oh, uh, product like how the movie is full of. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There was so, yeah. one pop culture reference. One, one is it the Verminator? Verminator, yeah. Yeah, nailed it. Nailed it, yeah. So uh, I don't know. Those were both there, uh, but all the other logos and product names were designed by the Over the Hedge team, uh, <laughs> which is uh, so apparently something that they had a lot of fun with, and that's why they're all over like the DVD menu. I don't know if you had the DVD. Right. I um, did. I don't remember what you're talking about, but okay. I believe you. The selection menu is like a um, a vending machine, mm. and they've got like the uh, the logos that they drew and were super proud of <laughs> okay. on each of the products. Yeah, um, that's fun. That's a that's a <laughs> that's a fun environment to work in. I would call that a fun fact, even. Wow. Yeah. Why not? Right. Why not? You know, originally they were gonna have a Gene Wilder owl. <laughs> We're, ta- we're talking that about how like, nice. there's a lot of mammals and then like one reptile for mm-hmm. some reason, but originally they were also going to have a bird. Gene Hit that avian demographic. 
Yeah, dude, Avian. It, yeah, I I don't know a single <laughs> Avian who who watched Over the Hedge. Yeah, that's a stupid joke to make. Let's. Uh, but speaking of which, that's a good segue, actually. Oh, unfor- really? Unfortunately, because uh, now it has to stay in. Because now I want to talk about uh, Roger Ebert's review of the thing, and and ooh, okay. And bear in mind, I'm taking this horribly out of context. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he gave it three stars, so you know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, good. He says. Uh, once again, we get an animal population where all the species work together instead of eating one another. And there is even the possibility of interspecies sex. When a human's house cat falls in love with Stella the skunk. There is also the usual speciesism. Mammals and reptiles are first-class citizens, but when a dragonfly gets fried by an insect zapper, no tear is shed. Three stars. You know, I was thinking about making fun of him for saying those stupid things, but those are legitimate thoughts I've had about similar movies before. That's like what, uh, that's like, uh, you know, like Bojack Horseman. I feel like yeah. that was kind of like their driving force. I mean, right. I don't know, but like, I imagine like they were thinking like, hey, how come there aren't like the insects aren't sentient in animal movies? <laughs> yeah, could be. So maybe he was right on the money. Yeah, maybe he was. Um, I like how he assumes that just because there's interspecies romance mean there's interspecies oh it's sex. immediately sex right yeah do you get your mind out of the gutter dude <laughs> i'm pretty sure he did actually write this one because this was 2001 so or 2006 right. uh so yeah this is yeah, this is be. him this is straight out of the horse's mouth straight out of the roger's mouth mm-hmm. the roger's fingertips they had to put peanut butter in his mouth to make him talk though <laughs> probably yeah <laughs> me too dude um anyway that's all i got that's what i wanted to end with okay so you know what you know what um my heart goes out to roger ebert three stars and uh ben folds um never he's never been reviewed by roger ebert but i can tell you right now um that's a four baby (laughs) (laughs) that's a four out of four You know, I'm thinking back on it, and all of of all the DreamWorks movies that I can remember off the top of my head, it's which probably is, the which best is one. one. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like like um, because I don't like Shark Tale, but it's Over the Hedge and probably like Shrek Two are my like, favorites. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't really seen Shrek One in a long time, but Shrek Two is good. Yeah, and um, I like the Beauty Ants movie. Sucks. I mean, it's it's a it's a bit of a meme and. But I mean, then again, so was Shrek. I don't know. I like the yeah. B movie. I think it's good. Do you not like it? No, yeah. but that's okay. I interpreted your science correctly. <laughs> Glenn, this week I got sort of a, sort of a, sort of a double or even like a triple feature. Nobody ever says like triple trouble. It's always double trouble. Yeah, even though it still technically works because it's a, it's a, alliteration. Yeah. So anyway, here we go. Triple Trouble. I am talking about the Flintstones. Um, okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I got to hit this like a, like a top 10 YouTuber. You know, it's like, and you can't talk about family without talking about the modern Stone Age family. Mm-hmm. Something like that, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll isolate that. We'll put in like a, <laughs> like a cool graphic. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And only our YouTube audience will see it. So specifically, I'm talking about the cartoon from the 60s, uh, as well as the 90s movie. Uh, And also, I got a little bit about the modern reboot, which I'll get to later. I didn't even know there was a reboot. Well, there isn't. 
bro. Um, oh, but okay. they keep I mean, that's trying. Kind of our shtick on this show. Yeah, they keep. They really want there to be one of those. So let me get started. So the Flintstones was a cartoon from Hanna Barbera that was that aired during the '60s, and at the time, it was like the most uh, successful animated show ever made. Um, it's a product of the fact that cartoons at the time were getting labeled as like children's media. Okay. So early Hanna-Barbera, like Tom and Jerry stuff did really well with all audiences, you know, children and adults. Slapstick cells. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so they, you know, uh, cartoons were known as that for a while, but eventually after, you know, more stuff that Hanna-Barbera released, but like, like quick draw McGraw and stuff, people were Mm -hmm. like, yeah, this is, this is kitty shit, you know, and they stopped being interested so Hanna-Barbera wanting to reclaim that adult market tried to get like a cartoon family sitcom going okay yeah so in comes the Flintstones which at the time uh during the original pitch was called the Flagstones okay so there's the first change for you all right what is there a reason that they changed her or is it just kind of just like Flintstone sounds better there was a let me remember i have it in my notes um oh that's right so at the time there was a comic strip hey more connection to the previous bit there you go uh there was a comic strip called flagstons Mm. and that's pretty much the same thing so they changed it to flintstones i think flintstones is better but hey that's just me hey i mean otherwise we might not have had flint in minecraft right if it weren't for the existence of the flintstones in popular culture no? No. Okay. <laughs> Definitely not that. Did you ever watch The Flintstones? I've seen episodes, yeah. I loved The Flintstones as a kid. I watched it, like, because it was on Boomerang when I was yeah, little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So I had, it was like that and, like, Flintstones Babies, like okay. all the spinoffs and stuff. I okay. used to watch them all the time. All right. How about I uh, I raise you one? Uh, did you ever have Flintstones Vitamins? Absolutely. I wanted to include yeah, but... a fact about Flintstones Vitamins in here, but there isn't that much <laughs> going on with Flintstones which, vitamins. Which Flintstones vitamin are you? Take the BuzzFeed quiz now. I tried looking up... Um, okay, I do have one fact about the Flintstones. It might be wrong, but um, the original batch of Flintstones vitamins from like the 60s and 70s uh, had Fred, Wilma, and um, Barney, right? Mm-hmm. But no Betty. And there wasn't... And so it took them like 20 years before they even added a Betty vitamin. So so there you go. That's okay. some development hell for you. That's weird. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Okay. They just didn't want a Betty, I guess. But, you know, 20 years of outcry That's made them change their right mind. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. So let me continue. Let me see. Okay, this was interesting. Sorry to interrupt again, but the Flintstones only have, like, really young kids, right? Yeah, and originally, actually, they didn't have any children. It wasn't until, like, season two that Really? Okay, so it really was. I mean, it's not an adult cartoon, but it really was a cartoon aimed more at adults. Yeah, and later, I I can't remember how many seasons there are. There are a lot, but um, you you can definitely see it shifting audience, like, like shifting demographic from adults to children, because Mm. by the end of the series it was very much a kid show again mm-hmm. yeah uh, but like in the, the beginning the, 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 the sitcom formula is teenager and child opposite sex <laughs> yeah right? like like one like girl teenager boy child or boy teenager and girl child 
so the original, like the actual original inspiration for uh, um, the Flintstones was a sitcom called The Honeymooners, uh, which at the time was like the most popular show on TV. And if you like look it up, it's just the Flintstones. I mean, the Flintstones ripped them off directly. Mm. It's like the exact same they, character they dynamics. The, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the live action. Okay. Um, but the like it was to the point that the creator of the honeymoon honeymooners considered suing Hanna Barbera for it. But they uh, said in an interview that they didn't want to be the guy. They didn't want to be the people to take the Flintstones off the air. So uh, yeah, they just let it slide. Yeah, kind of bulletproof in that way. <laughs> it was a simpler time, you know? Like, today, that wouldn't have worked. But back in the 60s, whatever. Okay, so this is interesting. Um, the original pitch for the Flagstones that Hanna-Barbera came up with, the pitch to the network, it took a very long time to get picked up. Like, it, it had a lot of pushback. Uh, initially, it was, like, eight weeks of daily presentations before the network and the advertisers were like, yeah, okay. We'll give it to you. <laughs> and that seems like a lot of work to me. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, eight Just weeks the daily is quite presentations. A while, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, if there's it's one not lesson of work, to... it's eight weeks of please let us do our <laughs> cartoon. Well, and they changed. They had to like tweak things every single time. They, oh, they, they shifted yeah. minor things every time. Like originally, uh, everybody looked a little bit more caveman like, ah. you know, like, uh, there weren't any, they weren't wearing ties, you know, they had like the one strap um, leopard print, you know, and eventually it was just like, it got more and more streamlined until the the network was like, yeah, fine, this works. And they made them like a, like a nostalgia, like 1950s, like family. Yeah, it's totally, well, it wasn't even nostalgia at the time. And stuff like that. It's very much like the post-World War II nuclear family. Yeah vibe but i feel like that isn't even it wasn't even nostalgic at the time that was just the time you know wait when did it come out 60s okay i mean it's yeah. romanticized but you know it's, it's romanticized. I, i'm sure okay, that's all tv at the time was all tv at the time was pretty much that from my understanding mm. i guess so hey anyway if you take one thing away from this episode don't give up it took the flintstones which was wildly successful. Eight weeks of daily pitches before they decided yeah. that it was worth doing. So, That's you know, there you go. Uh, a couple other things that got ironed out during this like pitching process. Uh, like I said, the family was originally childless um, in the cartoon before they had Pebbles, mm-hmm. which was good for branding. But originally they were going to have a son named Fred Jr., Okay, that's, uh, that's more in line with the this classic sitcom formula. Yeah, exactly. And what's interesting is that he was cut pretty early on, but there is still, like, like really early... Um, really early merchandise of the Flintstones does have Fred Jr. in it still. So we know what he looked like and everything. Oh, really? Yeah, so and at did, the same time... So what did he look like? Uh, Not good. Okay. Kind of, Kind of stupid. Not missing much. Yeah, not really. Uh, they also remember Dino, the uh, their pet dinosaur. Mm-hmm. He was originally he could like talk, and he helped out with chores. And Aww. his name was Snarkosaurus. Oh, okay. So, so they're like a they're like a more wealthy family. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So that was taken out. Uh, you know, Dino just became like yeah, a dog. That and they added that cat. Played, that would not have played like now. You know the cat in the Flintstones. 
No. Remember, like, in every... Is it like, a, every, like a jaguar or something? Yeah, it was like a saber-toothed tiger, and it was in every single intro and outro. It, like, goes uh-huh. to the movies with them, and then at the end, like, during the closing, they he puts the cat out, and then the cat runs back inside and puts him out, and it's, like, this funny bit okay, every yeah, time. Okay, yeah, 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 Because it's, like, huge. The cat... Yeah, but the cat isn't in, like, any episodes. <laughs> the cat's in, like, two episodes. Wait, is it, like, is it, like, implied that it's not their cat? It's just the cat that they... Feed? No, no, that's their family cat in the show. Oh. Oh, and okay. it shows up in like one or two episodes. So huh. the fact that like, I really, I wanted to look up, I, I was trying really hard to find any sort of, any talking about why that happened. And I, I have to assume that it was just like the people that made the the theme song, you know, had. They made that first sort of. Yeah. They had like limited. Um, what am I trying to say? They didn't, they didn't have all of the information. They had limited reference, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they made it with a lot of emphasis on the cat for some reason, even though the cat is, I don't even know if the cat has a name. <laughs> nice. Actually, speaking of the, um, like the whole adult media thing, did you know that like in the original Simpsons, after each episode, there were like advertisements for cigarettes? Really? Yeah. I, I, I can't believe I'd never seen this before. And that's but like part like, of the show. That's not like. Yeah. It's like the characters are like, ah, oh, long day. Let me pull out my pack of smokes. Really? No wonder everybody smoked. Uh, what's what's his? I know he drinks Duff beer. What's his? Uh... That's Simpsons. You fucking. Imbecile. Did you not say Simpsons? No, I said Flintstones. Oh, for real? Okay, well that makes more sense because that's older than Simpsons. Yeah. That's why I was so so incredibly confused. <laughs> yeah, that's back when smoking was good for you. Yeah, Winston cigarettes. Winston's. All right. Cool. I hadn't even heard of those. Anyway, that's not that interesting. Um, let me see. One other thing, though, uh, the yabba dabba do line was totally improv. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I think the original line was Yahoo. You know, like when he's sliding off the when the guy pulls the bell and it's like the bird that yells and it's and then he slides off the dinosaur. You know, yeah. Flintstones, and he Yahoo. says yabba dabba do. It yeah. was supposed to be Yahoo, but the voice really? actor was just like, "Let me try this." Do you guys mind if I try this real fast? Oh, okay. So it was intentional. It wasn't like, yeah. okay. Cause the, uh, I, have you ever heard the story behind, uh, Wubba Lubba Dub Dub in Rick and Morty? I'm sure uh, he was drunk. Uh, maybe, I don't know. But like he was, uh, <laughs> the, the line was Wub 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 and it was supposed to be a riff on, it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be the sound from the Three Stooges, the Wub 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 Wub. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, and he just was reading it and I guess, you know, I think, I don't know. Yeah, he was just like reading it like line by line, and he and he said "wubba lubba dub dub," just in the Rick voice without trying to mm. do an impression. I think that uh, for yeah, but do like in later interviews, he said like it was inspired by a little dabble do ya, <laughs> like something uh-huh. that his mom said all the time. But what is that? That's like a sour cream thing, isn't it? Uh, I think it's just. I, I think it's just like. Don't use too much. Like, I don't think it, I don't think it's associated with Daisy. with any specific brand. All right. Well, anyway, something that the guy's mom said, and so that's why Yabba Dabba Do exists. You know what which that sounds like weird. to me? Hmm. That sounds like to me, but somebody like put a mic in his face and like, where did it come from? <laughs> where did Yabba Dabba Do come from? He's like, I, I don't know. Like my mom said, I guess, I guess, I guess my mom said Dabble Do Yeah. Yeah, it does kind of. I mean. People are looking for meanings everywhere, right? Yeah, and he's like, "Dude, I just, I just messed up the line." <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure he did it intentionally. Mm-hmm. He was like, "He's like, dude, I just thought it would be funnier." 
Yeah, <laughs> I thought it would be funny. Cartoon characters at the time did have catchphrases like that anyway, yeah. so. And they still do. Uh, yeah. I can't I can't quote any of them because that would be a reference and you would make fun of me for it. We have a very strict no referencing YouTubers policy on this channel, so. Shit. <laughs> so we're taking you in. <laughs> I can't go back. Broken the rule. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so now I want to talk about the movie. Uh, 1994, John Goodman is Fred Flintstone. Nice. Uh, Rick Moranis is Barney Rubble. Good cast all around. Yeah. yeah. All rounders. Uh, it took a... It took like nine years to make, but you know, that's another one of those things. It's just like people dicking around with, without a script for too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Did they have back the in... actors lined up before they had to No, script? no, no, no. So okay. in like 1985 is when a couple of producers. that would be a huge bummer. <laughs> yeah. Let me see. So it was like 1985 when the film rights were purchased, uh, but nothing came of it for like nine years because no solid script was uh, was able to be developed. So eventually, Amblin Entertainment, you know, Steven oh, Spielberg, nice. uh, Steven Spielberg. In in the in the intro to the Flintstones movie, it's like Steven Spielrock or something oh, like that. Gosh. So this there is you like go. in like on the like credits. Yeah, opening yeah, credits. Yeah. Oh, opening geez. credits. Uh, so Amblin bought it and they got a script written. That's going too far. (laughs) I I think that, uh, Steven Spielberg had worked with John Goodman on a different project, uh, before, like maybe even for a TV thing. And so he was like, yeah, this is our Fred Flintstone for sure. Okay. I tried watching some clips. It's that, that type of movie is not my thing at all. Oh no. Is it anybody's? (laughs) I, I mean, it made a lot of money. So I guess. But, but it, it, for me, it's like that and like that Popeye movie starring Robin Williams. Well, it's like, yeah, and then like the Scooby-Doo movies. I don't know. Anytime you turn a cartoon into live action, it's like... Well, well, well I think the Scooby-Doo movies are a good example of how to do it right, where it's like a fresh take on the characters in like, a, oh. in like the real world, you know? Whereas the okay. Flintstones movie is like, how do we get this cartoon... How do we oh, get real world they try to, make to the look whole like cartoon? cartoon? World be a thing. Yeah, and so it's okay. it's like... There's no, there's nothing interesting in it, and so at that point, like, yeah, I see. Just yeah, be like animation. in the Scooby Doo movies, it's like, what is what what is Shaggy's equivalent in yeah. our universe? Or at least that's what it was supposed to be when James Gunn wrote it. And I want to talk about the Scooby Doo movies at some point. Okay, but um, yeah, so that's you know, rather that's than how transplanting Shaggy into our universe, it was like, what 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 character in our universe is equivalent to Shaggy? Yeah, interesting. Uh, the movie, so the Flintstones movie, was a, let me see here. Oh, right. So we do have a couple of, like, in interviews, people have talked about what the scripts were during that, like, nine-year period when nobody could, like, pin anything down. And mm-hmm. so one of the main ones was a Grapes of Wrath thing. What? Yeah, so, oh, yeah, that was another thing. You referenced Grapes of Wrath earlier, and I was like, wow, that's, like, well, uncanny. I guess <clears throat> um, we've done that before. Yeah, where we like uh, I don't know. It is when you had that long streak of you going first all the time. <laughs> you would uh, a lot of times you would say something that came up in mind. Right, and it's weird because like sometimes it makes sense because we're both talking about family, you know. But grapes of times. wrath is a weird thing for us both to mention because I don't even know what grapes of wrath is about. It, it's about making wine. <laughs> you know that isn't true. 
<laughs> so there was the script had like a grapes of wrath thing going where Fred and Barney leave bedrock during a depression to look for jobs. And that was an idea that bounced around, but uh, it turned okay. into like a weird corporate espionage film. Yeah. Is the All final right. version. What was the, wait, sorry. The, the final film was like, a, some Not. some new folks move into Bedrock and they like take over oh. the rock quarry business, but then it turns out they're trying to rob them, rob them blind, you know. Interesting. And so, y- so and like, you know, okay, uh, stuff happens. You know, adventures are had, lessons are learned. I haven't seen the movie. Yeah. Um, either of I, I saw but... a clip where the bad guy like kidnaps Bam Bam and Pebbles and ties them up and is gonna throw them off a cliff. Classic. So, yeah, good fun movie for the family. Yeah, I mean that's just a thing that they do in cartoons. Mm-hmm. But the, see, that's another thing. It's it's so cartoony. It it just does not. But it's a live action movie. Yeah, though. it doesn't do it for me. There's good puppetry. Um, if you like, look at some clips. Like the puppetry is really good, but there's some also some really shitty CGI. Hmm. Yeah. Where like Dino will be a puppet and it's like moving around. It's like oh that looks really good, but then it'll run from it'll like get up and run away and that's it's like the worst cgi you've ever seen (laughs) anyway uh that's yeah that's all i have about the movie you know it's it's listed in a lot of places like one of those classic development hell things but again it's really just they bought the film rights in 85 and then did nothing with them for nine years so development hell whatever as we've been doing this podcast i've kind of realized that that's just kind of how things go (laughs) yeah i don't know okay it just doesn't it just seems like people don't uh i don't know that that's how it happens usually mhm i feel you you can get some good stories out of it though for example um yeah. seth MacFarlane, the family guy uh guy uh-huh. has for a very long time wanted to reboot the simpsons and it or flintstones sorry he's wanted to reboot the flintstones for a very long time and it just has not happened was that are you saying that he wanted to reboot the Flintstones and that's why he made Family Guy? No, but you know, part of the reason that Family Guy and the Simpsons exists is because uh, the Flintstones kind of laid a groundwork, right? For the cartoon, adult sitcom. cartoons, sitcom, like family sitcom cartoons. Okay. Yeah. They walked so that Family the, Guy could the run. Quintessential American. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and so obviously somebody who's in that business like Seth MacFarlane is probably would be a big fan of the Flintstones. Um so for years he's been saying how he wanted to make a reboot. So in 2011, uh Fox announced that they were going to make that reboot, like that it was going through with Seth MacFarlane at the helm and that it would be released in 2013. And then that date just sort of came and went without a series. Nice. Yeah, and like, really good. Did he have anything to say on that, or is it just like he didn't for a long time? Forgot. Actually, uh, in in 2012, one of the heads of Fox was quoted saying that like during the development, the, the all the heads were like, "Yeah, it's fine. It's not great." Uh, and so you know, it was assumed that the show needed a little bit more time in the oven. Uh, but okay. you know, uh, six years later, Seth MacFarlane finally broke the silence in a what was it? A Reddit AMA where he announced that it wasn't going to happen, that like it was just canceled. Uh, And he said, here's his reason. 
uh, is that he couldn't figure out how to differentiate Fred Flintstone from Peter Griffin. That that's a weird thing to say, but I can, <laughs> I can get that, I guess. How like, I, I'm? When you, I don't know. Just like when you have a character and you're like, the, and and you just fixate on on your character, and then you try to make a different character, and you're just right. And, and okay, you, I see. And, what you, mean. and you start like channeling, accidentally channeling your other successful character into it. I just feel like if they were to make a series where it's the Flintstones, but it's literally just the humor from Family Guy, uh, yeah, that wouldn't be that wouldn't be. I mean, yeah, it so would. In a way, in a way, we're glad that he didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, basically. You know, I used to like really, I, I wouldn't say look up to uh, Seth MacFarlane, but I, I envied him a lot just because I felt like he had my dream job. Oh, you know? yeah. Where it's like just a guy who can pitch these stupid cartoon ideas and then like just do all the voices not, that he and wants. he doesn't have to do any follow through. And then yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of other people like examples of that, like um, like Alex Hirsch with Gravity Falls or, or uh, Justin Roiland with like Rick and Morty. So there are more mm. examples than just him, but... Yeah, you know, yeah. if if he's really going to come out and say like, yeah, I can't tell the difference between Fred Flintstone and 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 Peter Griffin, then it's probably a good thing that he isn't making the series. Yeah, I mean, like I said, that that does feel like a kind of stupid thing to say, and <laughs> uh, although I can I can understand that he is a professional, and I feel like he should be able to make that di- distinction. Yeah, I mean, yeah, has, he made, so. has he made any other cartoons? He so it's uh, it was Family Guy, and then. American Dad, and okay, then the yeah. Cleveland show, which got canceled, and then he made a show called Border Town, which is exactly like Family Guy, and it got canceled. Okay, yeah. So, if if Seth MacFarlane did make a Flintstones, it would just be Family Guy, but in the yeah. Stone Age. Yeah, it would be the Stone Age episode of Family Guy. <laughs> I was thinking, do you want to like we we do a lot of uh, where we pitch uh, a, a project, oh, man, and it's normally okay. video games, but do you want to just real fast see if we can pin out like a like a better version of the Flintstones? Like what yeah. a good modern reboot would be. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's try it. I had like one idea. Okay, so hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Modern reboot, it's still cavemen. Yes. But by modern reboot, you mean instead of having that, uh, what I called nostalgia and you called just the way TV was back then, <laughs> instead of it being like set in the post-World War II greatest generation era, we have it set in like modern times. Yeah, you know, there would be like the the iPad episode, you know, where okay, Fred Flintstone yeah. gets an iPad, but it's called like an iRock. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he gets irate. And that can be one of the jokes. Okay. All right, I like I, it. This iRock is making me irate. And then Barney walks in and he's like, yeah, I just got this iRock XL. And Fred gets jealous, you know? Yeah, okay, okay. It's all about consumerism. <laughs> um, It doesn't do anything. It's just a rock. No. I don't do they, think. Do they call that, each other on shells? Is that how that works? They have like conch shells. Yeah, I bet. Con- yeah, there would totally shells. be like the phone episode. Anyway, uh, do that. Okay, so are you gonna like? Well, you, you say your piece because you obviously have something you want to say. I think the most interesting thing in a Flintstones reboot. You know, if we were to reboot it, we wouldn't want to just rehash, right? Right. We want to bring something new and fresh to it. Right. And I think the world building in the Flintstones is the most interesting part for me. Yeah, yeah. Where we explore, you know, the fact that they have just a squirrel that like trims his beard. You know, it like eats off is all it of a his. Squirrel? Be- it's like a squirrel, and like they have a yeah. like a dinosaur under the sink that 
is there is there uh, garbage, garbage disposal? disposal you know uh-huh i want to explore yeah. more about those characters I think that's what I want to see the most of in this series. Like their emotions? Their emotions, yeah. Oh, no. Okay. You, well, because well, we get a little bit of it, right? Because they're, they're clearly sentient. And anytime there's a spot, like a sight gag, where uh, the squirrel eats his beard hair, you know, he goes, it's a living. Okay. But so how does that paid. really affect the squirrel? So wait, I guess the, the squirrel finds sustenance in the beard hair and enough to survive. No, they they pay the they pay the animals. That's Do I they? think that's the implication. Yeah, that's that they're what like it is. employed. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. They they like huh. fill up their cars with uh with like so th- gasoline from a woolly mammoth trunk. So he's just holding it in his nose. Yeah. He's holding his breath. Um, he's just mouth breathing the whole time. Yeah. And so that's the thing. It's like okay, kind of so scary when you think about it. What if the main character is one of those? Like, what do you, what would you say is the one they they use the most? Oh, oh, you know, it's like the dinosaur that mows the grass or something. Okay. I, let's let's say it's the squirrel. Let's say it's the it's the beard the, squirrel. The beard squirrel. Okay, we could have the beard squirrel and the grass mowing dinosaur be like the 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 pair, the dynamic mm-hmm. duo, the right. the RJ and and Vern. Okay. And they're like the main characters of the story. What if what if we go like really dark with it? Where uh-huh. where it's like it's less of a Family Guy series and more of like a mini series like on HBO. Okay. That like, gets like, thinking like a one season thing. Yeah, exactly. So here's how it starts, right? Okay. You get a normal, kind of boring cartoon intro episode where it's like oh fred's at the bar drinking too much and he's having trouble with his marriage but by the end of the episode they work it out but during that episode it introduces beard squirrel right and mm-hmm. lawnmower uh dinosaur we, we gotta and, give them names uh or we never give them names it's like it like drives home the point like uh, uh the jungle you remember the jungle no. It was all about like the meatpacking industry. Okay, but I like that. I like where you're coming from. That's there's like I a think dude really in there. Smart. His name is Jurgis, and I'm pretty sure his wife like just never gets a name, or maybe she does, and maybe he just doesn't. I don't know. But like somebody in that one just never gets a name because they're like faceless. That's good. That yeah. I that's that's smart. So that's how we introduce it, right? That's the first episode. It hits the beats, but it introduces the sort of darker side. And throughout the series, there's like a B plot basically about these like bearded squirrel goes home to their partner. You know, uh, and yeah. and and it like, like they kiss, and it's like, oh, your your mouth is still full of hair, and it's like I can't Ugh. take this anymore. Yeah. Until it becomes, and you know, and during that, you know, the a plot is uh, uh um, the same. Like, yeah, Fred Flintstone gets uh, an iPad, and you know, or he oh, gets okay. a, so, a demotion so like from his job. Contrast. But slowly, the b plot kind of takes over, and it becomes a series about Beard Squirrel. Until yeah, it, the finale is like a, a revolt against the the citizens of Bedrock. Okay, uh, all we have to lose is our chains, Tavarish. I see. <laughs> exactly. Okay. See, I can see that does being he, powerful. He, that is just the plot of the jungle. Oh, okay. He like joins the socialists and like they they start a, uh, or they they plan to start a revolution against the. Um, the meatpacking industry. I okay. don't think it happens in the book. I, I should read the jungle out. then. Yeah. It's interesting. But what I think is fun here is the, is the sort of subversion, right? Of you think mm-hmm. it's a cartoon, but then it turns into 
Not a cartoon. Not a car. Well, still a cartoon, but a darker cartoon. You know, because because cartoons are for kids. You know, because yeah, it's but like not this one. <laughs> not this cartoon. Yeah, I like it. All right, cool. That's a good um, pitch. Anyway, I'm pretty much done. Nice. I know. I know that our forte is normally uh, video Rainbow. games. Oh, oh, yeah. You know, and so TV pitches aren't exactly where our our brand is. Yeah, nobody would pick that. We're not going to bother time traveling for this one. <laughs> what if we did like? Um, I was thinking about. I was because there have been Flintstones video games like for the NES or something. I doubt any of them are any good. Yeah. What if it was like? Because you know how Fred Flintstone like runs real fast in his car and makes it move. It's a racing that, game. Like, what was that? A racing game. No, but more like so he can run real fast and his legs Fred do that Flintstone kind of GTA circle thing. But also he like slides on dinosaurs' backs. What if we just do a texture swap? A uh, texture swap of like a Sonic game. Okay. And it's like a momentum-based platformer. Yeah. Where you play as Fred Flintstone sliding around on dinosaurs. Just all the textures are just different dinosaurs. All the background textures. Yeah, okay, I can get behind that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone would notice. Um, yeah, probably not. Uh, All right, so I'm pretty much... That's, that's everything I have. Oh, oh, oh actually, though, uh, Elizabeth Banks wants to make a Flintstones reboot. Uh, she announced that in, like, July that? of 2019, and we haven't heard anything since then, so that's also probably not happening. Okay, who is Elizabeth Banks? She's that one actress. Okay, that one, yeah. Folks, that's the show. Uh, hope you hope you had fun. If you want to reach out to us, our email is developmentheaven at gmail.com. Yeah, if you like the show, let us know. You can do so via Twitter at devhevpod. That's D-E-V-H-E-V-P-O-D. A couple quick shout-outs. Uh, Glenn, you did our intro music. It is uh, Bird, the song Bird on SoundCloud, which we have linked in the description. Also linked are Matthew Inney and Natalie Quick. Matthew did our various logos, and Natalie did some great work on our cover, so thank you to them, and thank you to you for listening. Nice. Oh, also, uh, leave a review. Or don't, whatever. Whatever. I don't know.